Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We've been talking about on-demand learning, and uh, we touched a little bit on the idea of on-demand and online. And on-demand is not exclusively online classes, but it is a big component to uh, on-demand education. So let's talk a little bit about why they aren't necessarily one and the same to start off with. Yeah, excellent question. Uh, so let's let's start with the idea that the your online, just flat out the way we've done it uh, for the last three decades, without any additional support for the students, without interactions, is the modern day modern day equivalent of the correspondence courses which have never been um, eligible for federal financial aid Title IV funding. The, the Congress allowed for financial aid to cover online education for as long as it fosters interactions, meaningful interactions in frequency and quality between the instructor and the learner and among the learners. So the equivalent of a classroom in a, in a newer modality, a more, more electronic modality. So, which means that, to me, we need to strive to adapt what we've learned during the pandemic, what we've learned from years of um, universal design for learning, which started in the mid-70s as an attempt to enhance the learning of people with varying abilities, but was quickly shown to impact positively all of the learners, irrespective of their abilities, and how to provide our teachers with the tools so they can vary their instruction based on their audience, based even times, you know, you shouldn't be teaching the same way across all your 50 minutes or all of your uh, lectures. So how can you modulate it? How can you reframe and rephrase? How can you work with individuals? I think that is the main difference. And that also plays a big role in providing on-demand support for the student. And it plays a significant role with uh, in time, pardon me, support for the student. And it also plays a big role in enhancing the quality and the attractiveness of higher education. Yeah, you know, you, you talk about the, the correspondence courses and you, you talk about how online classes early on, um, you know, almost became this, this shovelware idea that we're going to take what we're doing in the classroom, try and shovel that in online and make it work. And um, it, it didn't work very well. Uh, despite that, there are still a lot of classes that you can find that are, are just like that. In the pandemic, we learned a lot. Everything went online for a while. And uh, you know, people had to figure out how do we make this work? Um, and it, it isn't 
always easy to figure out how to make those things work. And uh, there are some instructors that were incredible in coming up with ways to make those things work. Um, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where hopefully, you know, you, you have a good group of people at a college or university that are are using people like that to help with professional development, to talk about how do we take this and make it work. But then I think the other thing that you talk about uh, is services and making sure that that students, especially when they are taking an online class, uh, have services available to them. Um, you know, again, colleges and universities uh, for years have operated on a schedule that is very conventional, you know, a nine to five type schedule. And now we've introduced classes that you literally can take almost any time of day, you know, at a time that's convenient for you. So how do we make sure that those students are still getting access to people in financial aid, getting access to advising, retention services, tutoring services, uh, all of those things? Um, you know, certainly there are gaps that have, you know, found ways to fill. There are tutoring services out there that, that are online tutoring services. Um, you know, there are other services similar to that. But, you know, I think one of the things that's very important is making sure it's easy for those students that may not be taking classes on a traditional schedule, have the ability to access who they need to see, whether that is, be, you know, to me, like the easiest way is, can we have a way to schedule these things online and make appointments online? Because I also understand it's not realistic to have um, advising 24 hours a day, to have financial aid 24 hours a day and so on. But can you make it so that, you know, if I am working on a class at 11 o'clock at night, realize, wow, I need to talk to my advisor about this, that I can do that. There are tools out there, right? There are a variety of tools that allow for that. And that fits into a conversation we had couple of months ago, which is to provide the wraparound services for that student. Wraparound services should not be just a gimmick. There are tools that uh, uh, I have uh, been acquainted with, uh, you know, EAB Navigate and, and uh, Starfish uh, have been two of the tools I have uh, observed, whereby you're creating an opportunity for that dialogue between the uh, uh, a learner and the support uh, structure that you create around them. And like you said, it could be asynchronous in the sense that, you know, maybe the instructor is, is functioning at 11 at night, but the advisor or the counselor or the tube, so on. And so, uh, and it's not just about the tools, right? It's not about the electronic gadgets as much as it is, thinking about what the student needs and making it available for them. One of the elements that I found was a lot of students study on Sunday afternoon. So why is our library not uh, in, our, in our learning center and our tutoring not available then, right? Mm -hmm. Additionally, one of the areas that I found to be uh, quite intriguing is if you load everything on the internet and that poor student is accessing it on a phone, 
yes, in urban areas now, more and more of the urban areas are, are served by 5G uh, networks. But there are so many students who are on the, the pay-as-you-go type that doesn't offer that, or they have, they're in rural uh, areas and they don't have access to that high-speed internet. How are we packaging the information so that student is not wasting their time and energy? So it's not 11 o'clock because they started at 6 and their broadband accessibility is horrible and they're doing it on their phone. It's taken into consideration their needs. Additionally, um, how are our services available on the other end for the student? If if our financial aid people, yes, you can make an appointment, but you can only come and see them between the hours of operation, and and you can't call them, they can't do anything, or you can't access them online, uh, that doesn't help the student. So thinking about the student experience is critical. Again, universal design for learning uh, started addressing those things well, before we knew that there was something that's going to be coming down the pike called the Internet and all of those tools, we're talking about the mid-70s. Yeah, you know, those best practices remain the same. That's not simply just for lecturing in a classroom. Um, you know, it's not simply for how we provide our services. But, you know, just with the online thing, too, I, I think it's important. Do the students have a good understanding about how the online learning management systems work. Um, you know, they should be fairly straightforward, but, you know, if you ask a student to submit an assignment, for example, do they understand exactly how they need to do that? Uh, so all of those things are, are very important. So we've been talking about on-demand learning. Uh, this topic has been, uh, you know, what is it, how it's different exactly from online learning. Now, in our next show, we're going to talk a little bit about how to make these sorts of courses more engaging. So if you like topics like this, you're watching us here on YouTube, be sure and uh, subscribe to our channel and ring that bell down below. That way you'll get uh, notifications when we post new content. And of course, you can also find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.